Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talking Pack, the official sports podcast of the Nevada Sagebrush. I am your host, Derek Raritan, and with me is Dominic Gutierrez yet again. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you? It's been a fun week. <laughs> you know, it's the uh, beginning of this week. It's Monday. You know, it's, it was a good weekend. Sadly, not last night, because all of the teams that I wanted to win Dinner. lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a disappointing sports day yesterday. It was a very disappointing sports day yesterday, at least for the fans who wanted to see a bit more of a narrative, in football at least. And then basketball, well, we're going to talk about basketball here in a little bit, so that don't matter. But anyways... On the ballot today, like I just mentioned, we're going to be talking about the men's basketball team and a bit of the women's basketball team as a bit more of a flip-flop type of week yet again, kind of going one-on-one both ways and impressive wins to start the season, or excuse me, start the week, but pretty bad losses to end the week. We'll talk about that here in a bit. So as a little bit about Shannon Hunt, just a little bit of like a mention of her, just so that way we can preview next week, because sadly we don't have enough time to fit Shannon Hunt in this week. I know I mentioned it last week that we would, but things came up. Sadly, we're gonna talk a little. We're just gonna preview a little bit of her, and then we'll talk a little bit about her and volleyball next week. But before we get into any of that, we are back with a week in review where we review all of the sports that have happened in the past week. Starting off with men's tennis. Men's tennis competed in the ITA kickoff Ann Arbor in Ann Arbor, Michigan. They lost every matchup, going 0-4 against number 14-ranked Michigan and 0-5 against number 22-ranked Memphis. There were only three matches where Nevada were in it past the first set. There was Edgar D. Sorry, I'm not going to be able to say your last name, brother. I apologize. But it was Edgar's match against Michigan's Nino Aaron Schneider. There is Matthew Kupo, who was at 5 or was at five to 5 in his single match set against Memphis's Paolo Alameni before he had to retire the match due to injury. And then there was Loris Ziswiller, who took on Memphis's Harry Rock to overtime in the second set, but will lose into overtime 7-3. The program will now look to February 3rd, where they will take on UC Davis and American River University in Davis, California. So the women's basketball team played two games in the last week, the first being against Colorado State at home on January 23rd, in which they beat the Rams 78-51. They led from the start and did not give up the lead once in the entire game. They held the Rams to 3-17 from the three-point line. Uh, Victoria Davis had 21 points, 19 in the first half. Kennedy Lee had a 12.7 rebound double-double in the game. 17 rebounds. 17 rebounds rebound in the game, excuse me. You're good, don't worry. They also played against UNLV on the 27th and unfortunately got pretty stomped in that one, losing 92-47. Obviously, the Lady Rebels are atop of the Mountain West on that one, so... And they were ranked at one point in time, so credits to them. Um, Yeah, Nevada allowed UNLV to shoot 54.9% from the field and got out-rebounded 50-30 on the day. Nevada only shot 1-for-15 from the three. UNLV had four people with 12 or more points, and Nevada only had one, which was Audrey Roden. They have two games between now and next week. The first is set up for Utah State at home on January 31st, and the second being against Wyoming on the road on February 3rd. I think both those are going to be... Re- no, Wyoming's a little rough, but Utah State's going to be a little bit of a rebound game. Yeah, it'll be fun. Should be fun, especially at home. And yeah, so now there is the track and field team who sent Emily Clark to represent the program at the University of Washington Invitational in the 5,000-meter run. 
run. God, anybody who knows me, I am a big man. I could never run. So respect to her. Uh, she got sixth place with a time of 16 minutes, 36 seconds, and 59 milliseconds. I believe that is, yeah. Which is a new personal best for her. She also rewrote her record for second best time in school history. And now she is only just under 20 seconds under the record, which is held by Emily Myers, who said it during the 2016-2017 season. The program looks to travel back to Washington to compete in the Spokane Invitational from February 1st to 3rd. And our men's basketball team, they have played two games since last Monday. The first, they took on, they're not ranked anymore, but at the time they were ranked number 24, Colorado State at home on the 24th of January, beating the Rams 77-64 to in the first home game of the new semester. Nevada shot 53.7% from the field while holding the Rams to 39.3%. There was a great defensive effort led by Trey Coleman. Jared Lucas had a game-high 28 points. Keenan Blackshear had 20. Nick Davidson had 10 along with 7 rebounds. Just yesterday, the 29th, they went on the road to New Mexico in which they lost to the Lobos 89-55. to They allowed New Mexico to shoot 58.6% from the field and 11 for 22, about 50% from the three. While the overall team got more involved, no one on Nevada scored more than nine points, which was both Blackshear and Lucas scored nine each. Both men combined to shoot six for 22 in the game. New Mexico had five players with 10 or more points, four of them being from the starting five. Jalen House, the guard for New Mexico, had 21 points and went off for seven for 13 shooting. Yeah, that was crazy. Next game, Nevada will only play one game within this next week, which will be San Jose State at home and Lawler on February 2nd. Big, uh, big stuff hopefully comes from that game because I know San Jose State's the... Yeah, they're on the bottom of the rankings, so I believe they only have their one and six in conference play right now. Yeah, we'll talk about that here in a second. And also shout out to the ski team as they will compete against Colorado University in Colorado from February 1st to 3rd. I know I have a reporter, Jillian, who wants to cover ski, so hopefully we'll be able to get her on that. I know the ski team, I think they won a tournament last year. Mm-hmm. I think it was conference. They won. They went far last year, ski, and they were never represented, which I felt bad about. So hopefully we get some coverage for you all this year. So now with Week in Review done, time to talk a little bit of shit. Um... <laughs> Pardon my language. Basketball. What a split week. This was a week that I knew was going to be rougher. You had CSU. You had New Mexico. Both teams were ranked going into this week. And they were, like, New Mexico was a new team that just got ranked. Who was on the rise? Right? They were doing they were doing really good. And then you have Colorado State, who was sliding. Wasn't as if they were, you know, marquee at the time. They were marquee heading into conference play. But now it's like... Uh, Oh, Colorado State. Now they're sliding just along with us, but obviously we're sliding a lot farther than them. And then you got the women's team who plays Colorado State and basically blanks them the entire game. That was a hell of a game to watch. And then you go into UNLV and... Again, you mentioned this. UNLV is an amazing program. This was a program that was ranked at one point in time this season. And overall, I think that I knew that one was going to be a rougher game. But at the end of the day, basically getting doubled, like score-wise, getting doubled in in an away game, that is a bit unacceptable. You know, so a very back-and-forth type of week. One that even included the fact, I don't know, did I I can't remember if the women's team had a press conference after their game against UNLV, but I know the Definitively, the men's team did not have their game against New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was... Now, of course, that could also be the fact that they're on the road, right? They're on the road. It makes sense. But yeah, it's... I can't say anything else about it. That was a rough weekend for Nevada basketball. Both for the men's and women's. They've been on a... It's just been 
too inconsistent we've seen from both of them. I mean, like we said for the women's, they were on a nice little, what was it, four-game winning streak, I believe they had before yeah. coming into UNLV? Yeah, it was four games. Yeah, and they had boosted themselves above 500, which they still are. They're 11 and 10. And they're 5 and 3 conference. You know, they're still kind of finding their dried, I feel like. I mean, obviously playing UNLV, they're top of the Mountain West right now. It was going to be a tough match no matter what. Could it have been a lot closer than you'd like to see? Definitely. But I still, you know, from previous years that we've seen the women's basketball team, they definitely seem like they have a bit more of an identity to themselves. They have more of a execution to themselves when it comes to, you know, they know how to score when needed. They know how to be aggressive when needed. I mean, I think this is definitely a team that, like I said, except for past years that, you know, should honestly finish with a winning record for this one. Yeah. Or for the season, at least. Yeah, and one game's not going to shape your season, yeah. obviously. And that's what both teams even seemingly was like, right? Like, I know um, Steve Alford mentioned like this wasn't... I, I believe he... I don't know if he went on record this game. But I know he's mentioned in some of the other previous like losses that like one game's not going to define us, but we have to learn from them. Mm-hmm. And I think Levin's... Amanda Levin's the head coach. And the rest of the women's team have that same mentality where it's, hey, this is one game. It's a, and also not to be rude to you know the Nevada women's team, but it was also a game that if you were gonna lose a game in conference, it makes sense to lose it to UNLV because they're just that damn good. They've been that damn good for years now. And then the men's team, I mean, you're going into the pit, which a lot of people already talked about, like, throughout Nevada media, and was like, yeah, the pit is always hard to play on the road. It's always hard. But we went in there the last, like, four, maybe five times. No, four times. And smacked them up. We, we went in there and won. Now, of course, was it holding Jalen House to lower numbers than usual? Yes. He would get the points. This was something that I learned from uh, Chris Murray's article. Shout out Chris Murray. Jalen House is a dog. He typically would average like 19 or somewhere in like the mid to high teens against us, but it'd be with really bad shooting. He would make he would go like six to 20 or something like that because he's obviously New Mexico's primary scorer, or at least he he can be. So you look at that and you just go, yeah, Jalen House is that dog. It's fine. It makes sense, but like. Are you really going to let him do that to you over and over again when you consistently held him to bad shooting percentages? It's a rougher thing to recognize. But Jalen House is a dog, and you can't... And this is, again, this is something that I learned from Murray's article, too, and something that if you watch the Boise State games and you watched the San Diego State game and you watched last night's game, I don't think anybody could... No, we could watch it. It was on the um, FS1. Nevada's physicality, while better, is not that great. Yeah. And, I mean, you saw it with... We were getting out-rebounded offensively, right? We, teams would get, like, mid to high teens, if not, d- like, d- like 20s in offensive rebounds against us, and we couldn't do anything about it. I mean, we fixed it last... We fixed it recently. We had 12 offensive rebounds compared to New Mexico 6. Yeah. But you can't consistently let them just dominate you physically, especially when you're an inside presence team. It, it, it's rough. I was on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, not too long ago. Um, <laughs> I like how there's still like a little bit of like a Twitter X, whatever, yeah. whatever the hell it Whatever is. someone wants to call it. But yeah. I had seen an old highlight of the Nevada-Cincinnati March Madness game oh, yeah. back with the Martin Twins was on there. Because it was like, I don't remember how many minutes was left in the second half, but Nevada was down by more than 10 points and they, you know, mustered, uh, mustered against it and came back and won to advance. Watching that and then watching this team, which is arguably, you know, the best team that we've had in the Alford era, you see the difference when it comes to just making 
buckets. I mean, it's the most simplest thing. But watching that team from, you know, 2017, 2018, you know, they had players who, whether it was from the three, whether it was from, you know, inside the arch, wherever it was, you know, they could make, like, it, it didn't seem hard them, per se, to lay down a bucket when they needed it to, you know? And even... That team wasn't crazy with three-point shooting either. Granted, they obviously had better players who could make threes, even in Colorado State. But the past couple games, especially yesterday against New Mexico, it's it's just the same repeat of Nevada takes up a shot and it misses. And whether they get the rebound or not, you know, they just they can't they just can't find the bucket. That's as simple as that. And I mean, like from the three, they shot what? It was 23, 23.5% from the three that they shot. Yeah. So they only made four of them. Two of them came from Lucas. And Lucas had a overall horrible night. Yeah, Lucas only, from the floor, he only went 3 for 13. The team overall shot 19 for 56. That's insane. And Which, honest to God, wouldn't be that bad of a percentage right. if it wasn't for the defense allowing 80-some-odd points. Mm-hmm. And that's what I said, just between, you know, they're falling back into the turnovers of letting up, you know, 10, 15 turnovers a game now again. And, you know, you're obviously not going to win when you're giving that up. And, I mean, New Mexico took advantage of that, especially, like I said, with the missed, all the missed shots. Granted, Nevada did better at getting boards in this one. There was a lot of fast break points that New Mexico got, and that was largely because of Nevada taking up a shot. It misses. New Mexico would get the rebound, and they, you know, rush down the other side of the court, so... I think that aids to their pace of play, too. Yeah. Right? And this is specifically just the men's team. I think the women's team is also a little bit slower, but not the slowest in the entire nation. The Nevada men's team, it's been, like, noted by most of the broadcasters that Nevada has a very slow pace of play. Mm -hmm. It's very old-school, 2000s, work-you-down-the-clock type of thing, right? And while that can be good, there's got to be a point where you look at yourself and go, okay, we need fast-break points. Like, there's been a couple instances I can think of, like, maybe, like, one, two, maybe three, that I can remember where we're on a fast break and we pass up an easy shot or we put up a shot and it's not going in. Even if it's like a layup or a dunk, or a dunk would turn into a layup, or maybe it was a three-point shot. Who knows? Typically, Lucas is good on the fast break when it comes to threes, but either way. But, I mean, you just see the difference, like, because I just pulled it up right now, and Nevada, on the fast break, they scored seven points. Yeah. And Mexico scored 24. <laughs> like, they just, about in every, you know, department, you know, Nevada, or New Mexico was just, they were just better. I mean, points in the paint, New Mexico at 30 compared to Nevada's 26, you know. That's off. not that bad. That's only four. No. Oh, yeah, Personally, still, yeah. that wouldn't be that bad. It's obviously not bad, but when you just, you know, you dive down the, the things add, and, yeah. yeah. No, and it's like, that's what sucks is, and this is something that happened to both men's and women's teams. It's like everything went wrong in one game, Yeah. right? Like you saw the women's team. You let UNLV shoot almost 55% from the field. We've seen Nevada let Wyoming shoot 57% from the field. You get into, you know, shooting percentages and everything in that sense. Women's team is always decent at shooting the three. They're not the greatest in some games, but they can knock down the three when need be, right? You got a couple of decent shooters on that team. They shoot one for 15, right? You let other people, a lot of different other people, go for 12 or more points, and then only let, and then Audrey Roden carries your team to not getting doubled. So that's just women's. Then you have men's, you let them shoot almost 59%, right? So almost a repeat of the Wyoming percentage, if not better than the Wyoming percentage. You let them shoot 50% from three when you're known for shutting down the three-point line. So there's your issue there. No, like, and like when, when we mentioned the overall team got more involved 
I'm not kidding when I say this. Let me pull up the UNR composite schedule real quick just so I can confirm this. But if I remember correctly, uh, last night we had the most people play in a game this season, right? We had, let's count it, one, two, three. So we had Keenan, we had Keenan Blackshear, Jared Lucas, Trey, Nick, so all the starters. And then six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. We had 12 people play last night, a minimum of two minutes each. Right? So obviously they're trying to scramble and see which one can actually make a shot. Because <laughs> Keenan went three for nine. Jared went three for 11. Trey Coleman went two for six. Um, Davidson went three, uh, three for six. KJ Himes went two for three. So overall, your backcourt's not doing the worst. They're kind of playing more defensive than anything else, but let's be real here. Are they really doing the good of a job? You have all these players, and only Jariah Coleman and Jazz Gardner were the only ones to not score points when they were on the court. Everybody else had at least two points. So when you have that many people playing, it's a great thing if they can go out and score and contribute to your team. But to have that many people play and everybody be in single digits just means you were scrambling to figure out an answer and you couldn't find it. Yeah. So kudos to having so many people involved, but you're kind of screwing yourself here. And now people are questioning whether or not we can even win the Mountain West title, let alone make March Madness. Yeah, it's going to be, for the Mountain West, it's going to be tough now. Like there's a lot of, it's going to be a thing where Nevada, they don't control their own destiny at this point, I feel like. Yeah. They, you know, they have to win and then rely on other teams above them to kind of slip up. So, I mean, I feel like that's going to be a little harder. But, yeah, same thing, especially with the NCAA tournament. It's just when you think Nevada finally finds a little rhythm, especially, like, against Colorado State, you know, they just fall back right to where they were. And, I mean, looking at last year compared to this year, I mean, it's just there's just so many similarities I'm starting to see as the season gets closer to ending. I mean, Nevada last year was dominant at home. They only lost one game, which was yeah. the very last game of the season. Oh, that this, UNLV game stung. This year, they're 10-1. and one. Still have only lost one game at home, you know, so they're dominating at home. Away this year they're three and three. Last year they were six and seven. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where Nevada they just have no identity. It feels like when they go on the road for some reason. And you know, yeah, you can say you know things like the pit and all these other arenas that they're going to. You know, they're not easy arenas to go into. But it's not going to get any easier going into March Madness. It's going to be you're worse. Gonna be, yeah, and you're going to be playing some really top teams. You're going to be playing yeah. in some big arenas with packed people, and it's not you know yeah. Granted, it's going to be neutral, but it's still going to be, you know, it's not your home turf. You know, you're in a different environment. So it's one of those things where Nevada can't really keep using that as an excuse. You know, even though, like I said, with all the similarities of how this year is going compared to last, hopefully this year can be different in terms of instead of ending the season on a big losing streak. We they can end with a win. Yeah, they can flip it um, and kind of boost their numbers because, I mean, we lost 11 games last year. Obviously not terrible, but we're at what right now? Five losses. So wiggle room is six. Yeah. and that was making the fir the first. I mean, the last four in. Yeah, that's where we were. Now just barely. Yep, and, then and that was when we went on a huge win streak. We're at the like, right in the, like, the middle end part of the season, and we lost to Wyoming, UNLV. And then San Jose State in that order, yeah, and we then, and we just scratched in, and now everybody's putting us down and saying, well, you know, even though it was a ranked loss, you still lost to New Mexico, you lost to your, you know, a, a conference rival. Right. This is not a good look for you. And now, will I will I also add? This was a really rough two weeks, three weeks for Nevada. Yeah. Yes, the only game arguably we should have won was against Boise. 
and that was because it was at home, only home loss, and I'll get into home in a second, uh, you know, to add to your point that you made a little bit ago, but, you know, it was a rough skid of games. They were all physical teams, they were all teams that we knew we were going to come in and be like, well, we should win, but there's a good chance that we don't, because, you know, Boise's still a good team, right? I believe they're sitting somewhere around us, if not higher than us in the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Colorado State's a good team, but we beat them. We knew San Diego State was going to be a great team, because, hell, they're the ones who made the national championship last year. We saw, who else? New Mexico. We saw Wyoming. Wyoming, we always have problems with, especially on the road. New Mexico, always going to be on the, hard on the road, too. And that's to your point. We have a home culture and a team culture that thrives off of energy. I like to call it main character or protagonist energy. And the reason why I say that is because whenever you see, like, for example, when Jared Lucas went off for 28 points, right? Whenever you see someone going off like that, either it's always at home or it's always when the crowd is heavily leaning into them like a good guy. But when they're a bad guy, all of a sudden, they're not doing that great. Now, to add to, your, to, add to the point, you look at the Boise State game. The Boise State game, you didn't really have the crowd with them because it was a home game when they were when everybody was at home, still kind of, you know, on winter break. So they didn't have a crowd like they usually do. But then you go into the Colorado State game, the first home game of the spring semester, and they kick absolute ass right. because they have that crowd with them. They have to learn to be main character protagonist and main character antagonist. They need to learn how to walk into an arena and be, screw you guys, Throw on some, like, I don't know, some future or something. I don't know. <laughs> Why is it always future that's the bad guy energy? I don't get it. I don't really get it. It's funny. But, like, just throw on some music that really gets you in that vibe of, I'm a badass. And I'm going to come in here and silence this crowd. Because it just, every single road game, it just seems like no one has that energy. Yeah. And I'm like, don't get me wrong, you know, they've, you know, I'm just watching, you know, little press conferences and stuff with the players and, you know, guys like Lucas and all them, you know, they'll talk about how, you know, feeding off the energy from Waller, you know, that kind of boosts them and, you know, it gives you something for the crowd and, you know, which, like, you know, is great. You want to establish that home field advantage. You want to give something to your home crowd. But like you just said, obviously they need to have that same identity going into an away arena because it's... And then I haven't heard anyone talk about that, you know, that energy that they come in and try to try to bring that same thing into somewhere like the pit or, you know, wherever else they're playing, yeah. you know. The, I, the goal should be, you know, you're going to come in and instead of riling up the crowd, you're going to silence them. You need, like, genuinely, this would be really funny. I don't think they're ever going to do this because I know the program is a little bit serious. But they need to all walk in, like, Anakin Skywalker, episode three, <laughs> walking into that Jedi temple. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a nerd. <laughs> I'm a nerd, but they need to walk in with badass energy. Mm-hmm. They need to walk in with energy, like you were saying, that comes in and is like, I'm going to smack this team and absolutely dog this team. Yeah. There's like, And you have to look at the crowd and go, y'all need to shut up and just watch me watch me demolish your favorite college player. Because if they don't, I mean, it, it's, it goes back to the look good, feel good, play good mentality, right? Obviously, not you don't have to look the part when you're playing the game. I mean, you could. You got the arm sleeves. I mean, Jared Lucas talked about how he was in an arm sleeve for three games. He went back to a, you know, a shirt, like an undershirt, and he scored his career high or season high. Career high, yeah. Yeah, feel good, feel the part. That's the music. That's the energy. That's the, let's come in and show this team what we're about. And that's the key part missing to all their road games. Like, I, again, if it takes future, it takes future. <laughs> but you just need some sort of music to just, or not just some sort of music, just some sort of vibe to come in and just, just come in and win. Because if you can't win your road games, you're not going far, right? You can be perfect at home, 
And they only have they have six games left at home to play, including the one this Friday. So yes, you know they have their chances to. But those are again those are the games where that's going to be the case of you know home team hoorah, and then I expect those to be all wins then. Yes. All rest of those six home games need to be wins. Yes. Which is against UNLV too. One of them is it's the last game of the season, which I can't wait for. Mm-hmm. That's going to be so much fun. Note if we lose to where are the rest of the teams left that we need that we have on the way? It's Utah State. Yeah. It's Utah San Jose State. State. We have, let's see. I think so it's next State. it's Utah State, and then we have UNLV, Utah State, Utah State, UNLV, San Jose State, Colorado State, and Boise State. In that order? Yes. Okay. This game on Friday, San Jose State, you look at it, and on paper, you know, it with San Jose State being bottom of the ranks on the Mountain West, it should be... On paper, it's a game where you say Nevada's going to breeze through, you know? I think they have an 88% chance according to ESPN right now. And I mean, which should be the case, but it's the way I kind of look at it, and it's kind of sad, but you almost have to look at it and say, you know, this is maybe borderline, but it's pretty much there on the cusp of it's a must win because you look at the next three games after San Jose State. Yeah. It's Utah State on the road, San Diego State at home, and then New Mexico at home. So that's going to be a pretty rough three-game stretch until you simmer down a little bit, at least on paper-wise. But regardless, you know, those three games after San Jose State, I feel like that's going to be kind of, I want to say, the determining determining factor of how the season's going to go. Because, you know, if you walk out of there, you know, best-case scenario, you beat all three of those teams. Yeah. And then Nevada found its identity again, and... You know, there's there's really no stopping, you know, who's to say who could stop this team, especially in the NCAA. You know, as long as you can win two of them, that's fine with me. Yeah, because you but, look at... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, but yeah, I mean, obviously, worst case, the obvious worst case, you know, you're losing... Whether you're losing all three or two out of three, you know, that's that's kind of kind of sink it, and that's I feel like that kind of shows the direction that the team's going for the rest of the season. Right, because you got San Jose State. Mm-hmm. That's momentum builder. Yeah. Right? Then you got Utah State, which that one's going to be rough, depending on how. Yeah, yeah. especially given, like, that's a Tuesday night game. That's going to be one of those games where you kind of got to look at yourself. This is an assessment game against the best team in the conference, which is weird to say that Utah State's the best team in the conference right now. And they're not, obviously, they're not going to have much time either. You know, they play Friday night, 8 o'clock. You know, it'll be over around 10, and then they have to go to Utah. And that game's on Tuesday. So they'll have, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. They're traveling really, Monday, most likely. Yeah, so it's, you know, they'll give they'll have two days of preparation at home before they travel, yeah. you know, so it's, it's going to be a short rest, too. And then, honest to God, hot take slash prediction. We beat San Diego State at home, right? Because we're pissed off that we lost them so badly at home or on the road that we beat them at home. And then you come into New Mexico and we royally slap them, right? I think that right there sets us up for a top four seed in the Mountain West because after that game it's literally UNLV on the road Wyoming home which they really it's a, it's a coin toss for Wyoming on the uh, at home right. right then you got San Jose State on the road Colorado State on the road and then Fresno State which we beat um, on the road at home and then just Boise and UNLV I think like to, like to kind of go off your point with a little bit of prediction we win three of our next four games we're in top four, and we're gonna get re- and we're gonna get put in the March Madness tournament. If we win all four, oh my God, we're guaranteed in the March Madness tournament, top three seed in the Mountain West, and we're vying 
not and I say guaranteed isn't like we could be a final four in, but if we beat all four, we're guaranteed a seed. Yeah. Especially with how the last like the back end of the season can possibly go, we're guaranteed a seed. Say the rest of the season goes the way prediction goes. If we lose, obviously like okay, we keep on looking San Jose State, like overlooking them because it makes sense to overlook them, right? It's sort of like how uh But again, I feel like we did and that's why and I even talked about that too was you know, it reminds me of what was it? The matchup against Wyoming. And Wyoming, you we know, overlooked them. Yeah. Yeah. And at that time, you know, they weren't as high up as they are now. And yeah, we overlooked them and then they dropped 98 on their head. Right. So. Which was honest to God. Again, that was a free throw night. We make our free throws like, on our average, we win. So that's just a that's just a one speck of our game thing. But I, I to your point, I do agree. So we gotta count them in. So we gotta beat San Jose and we win two of the three against Utah State, San Diego State, and New Mexico. Yeah. And I think we're in, uh, to, to your point, we're in the Mountain West as a top seed, and then we just go from there. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, though, because God forbid someone gets hurt. Knock on wood, no one from Nevada. And honest to God, because I'm a nice guy, knock on wood for anybody else in the Mountain West, you know, I always kind of make the joke of, like, I wish this one person would get hurt in X game so that way this team can win. I was saying that about Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, I wish he would just, like, sprain his knee. Yeah, yeah, just j- j- just for a game. Just so that way, whatever. Because, I, because like, I know bad knee sprains, they suck, but also that's wishing violence on a person, and that's horrible. So you shouldn't do that. But it's just, like, just... just <sighs> God forbid no one gets hurt. We win three of the next four. I think we're set. I, I, I agree with you. Anyways, yeah. So I think we're done here. We're currently sitting recording-wise a little bit um, closer to 40 minutes, which is outstanding. We are talking a lot more. I like it. But yeah, also, um, just a shout-out to Shannon Hunt. This is her first head coaching job. Women volleyball. Mm-hmm. They play basketball in the Virginia Street Gym. But no, so she's first-time head coach over with us. For volleyball she's done a number of nice coaching jobs over another I, I, I say nice like she did win like she didn't help win championships so <laughs> but she did an amazing job over at other programs so i'm looking forward to seeing how she does there uh we'll talk a little bit more in depth about that next week like i said earlier in the episode and uh yeah so thank you very much for listening to this episode of talking pack i am your host eric raritan and with me is dom yet again be sure to follow us on our Twitter and Instagram. I am working on a post so that way we can actually get some content out there. <laughs> so, And before we head off, I just want to make a quick little note and then we'll stir up controversy. But what? Brock Purdy is a system QB and that's all I have to that say. That is crazy. That is slander. That's my belief. That is, that's not slander. <laughs> that is insane. I can't believe you said that in there. That's a salty Raiders fan right there. And we have Chubba Purdy coming into this damn program and you say that shit. <laughs> Part of my language. Patrick Mahomes is gonna win. You fear or you know? I Quick. mean, for for me, I mean, this is like a terrible Super Bowl. But I, it's a Super Bowl no one wanted. We yeah. all wanted Ravens Lions. Mm-hmm. We all wanted it. But I do think the Chiefs are gonna come out now. No, I'm a Brock Purdy supporter. Mm-hmm. I was hating on him last week because I want the Lions to win. But I'm a Brock Purdy supporter. I do not care. Brock Purdy for the win. Mr. Irrelevance and MVP candidate next season. He still was this year too. So. Anyways, yeah, so thank you very much, and thank you for listening to this episode. I appreciate it, and I hope everyone has a great week. Take care, y'all.